The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Playing uh, Brian Adams songs this afternoon uh, in recognition of the first album ever to sell one million copies in Canada it was 34 years ago. Mm-hmm. And like you said, how old are we? <laughs> uh, so listen to this. Another one that I'm sort of uh, interested in, uh, uh, kind of uh, thinking through. Another supervised consumption site has opened in Edmonton. It's the fourth. Open today in the basement of the Boyle Macaulay Health Centre. Now, join sites at the George Spady Centre, the Boyle Street Community Services, and the Royal Alexandra Hospital. The Executive Director, Cecilia Blasetti, joins us this afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. Hi there. Now, tell us, uh, this is the fourth site uh, that has uh, now opened its door, Cecilia. Am I saying, is it Cecilia? Is yeah, that correct? Okay, correct. all right, yeah. just, just want to make sure. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Is there that big of a need in the city to have four of these sites? Well, there is, and I mean, I think what when we um, looked at different models that would be um, uh, appropriate for Edmonton, we made a very conscious decision. We did a lot of research, we had a lot of consultation, and we um, looked at rather than having one large site uh, like um, Insight in Vancouver, mm-hmm. one big standalone site that we would have a number of smaller sites where that would be integrated into existing organizations. So um, it, it, um, it's kind of the total need, but divided amongst um, the three sites. There's three community sites, and then um, a little you know, uh, down the road, then the addition of the site at um, the Royal Alec was um, added. So that was uh, to you know, address the, the needs of a different population in some ways. Hmm. So give us an idea for those, including myself, who don't know. So how busy are the existing three seats, uh, sites right now? How many people come in? Uh, how you know what are your hours i mean how 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 busy are they well each of them have different hours and boyle street um hours have have just changed recently because they're doing winter warming hours now so they're seven days a week and extended hours um and spady is uh, not open in the daytime but they're open in the evenings and through the night and then um boyle macaulay will um, be open sort of our regular operational hours so eight to eight uh, during the weekdays um Fridays just till four and then Saturdays. And so um, each of us um, are kind of uh, have hours that uh, mesh with kind of our operational hours and also that, um, you know, so there's some continuity across all of the, you know, 24-7. So there is some availability across all the sites, but not 24-7 at each of the sites. Um, so I, I mean, they're really uh, the the statistics that I have are um, as of October 28th, and the number of visits between um, George Spady and um, Boyle Street is is 19,000, almost 20,000 visits um, at both sites. Um, the um, number of unique um, people is um, 835. And um, so people are, you know, obviously injecting more than once. Um, Yeah. Is that the kind of numbers you're Mm. looking for? Yeah, it is. I I guess, so given those numbers, those people who don't want one of these uh, safe uh, injection sites in their neighborhood or they don't think that the city should have them at all, given those numbers, what's the alternative? I mean, can you paint a picture of what what would it look like without them? 
Well, I, I think that's what we've been living with is what it looks like without it. That um, I think that the majority of people who utilize um, supervised consumption sites are people who are um, often homeless or, you know, um, inadequately housed and so are probably for the most part um, using in, in public areas and which is not safe for them and it's not safe, you know, for the neighborhoods that that's happening in. So um, this is a problem that exists and that we're trying to address. Um, you know, I, I think it's, we've all, in our neighborhood, we, we certainly see people um, injecting um, in public and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a concern both for their individual health but also for the health of the community. Cecilia, give us an idea um, on how it works. If someone was to come into one of the consumption sites, take a start to finish. We, I don't think we've talked about this uh, very much on, on this show. I think you've been on uh, Jesperson's show a couple of times, but we haven't talked about it on this show. So for our listeners, um, you know, do a, a run through on, on, on what that would look like, if you don't mind. Sure. So if it's somebody's first visit, we actually, there's quite an extensive amount of information that's collected. Each um, new person, um, we develop an, an, identi- an identification number for them that um, is made up of uh, the initials of their, two initials of their first name, two initials of their last name, and their date of birth. And so it's a unique identifier for each person, and they're provided with that. And um, uh, at the first visit, a lot of demographic information just in terms of their age and their gender, things like that, Um, their um, history of um, substance use, their history of overdoses, all of those sorts of things. Um, And I think that, uh, so the evaluation for all of the supervised consumption sites in Alberta will be a common one um, that's coordinated through Alberta Health. So a lot of the information, um, you know, that we collect is, is comes, you know, sort of, we're sort of, we know what we need to collect in order Mm -hmm. to participate and then with subsequent um, visits um, they we just uh, look for their a unique identifier and then it would be a much quicker process again though we would be w- wondering what is the substance that they're using um, what is there have they had an overdose recently so these are th- so if someone comes in this these are the questions that you're asking them before they are allowed to um, inject, inject yes. at yes. the site. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of done in a, there's there's sort of three separate areas, so that would be kind of in the admission area, and then as a booth became available, they would be, um, uh, go into the area, um, we, at, at, uh, Bull Macaulay, we have five uh, booths at um, Boyle Street. There's five and there's three at George Spady. So they'd be taken to a booth. They'd wash their hands then pick up all of their supplies. Everybody gets all of their supplies as they come in and all of the supplies are left behind when they leave. And um, so they would provide the substance that they were going to inject and we would provide everything else. There would be in that area, there would be supervision at all times. Um, And um, the um, nurses can, you know, help them uh, in terms of kind of harm reduction stuff, but are, they cannot do the inject. The, the person must be able to do the injection themselves. Hmm. And then um, after that, they would um, move to, you know, a separate area where we would ask them to stay. You know, we're hoping about 15 minutes at least, just to make sure that um, they were um, all right after the fact. Just. Um, you know, sit down and kind of relax and chat and we can kind of see how things are going. And um, 
We also, uh, I think each of the sites have a separate area where if people needed um, a basic wound care or something like that, that we could provide that. But um, throughout kind of the process, not obviously not when people are injecting, but when they're doing the admission part and then um, subsequently, you know, there's staff also in those areas who are chatting with people about, you know, how, they, how they're doing, what else, you know, what other needs they might have. Mm-hmm if there's anything else that we can help them with. And at each site, that's a bit individual, depending on the service um, that, you know, services that you provide. We're a a community health center, so we have, you know, different services than, say, Boyle Street or George Spady. But to encourage people to, um, you know, be able to access other kinds of things. And I was just... uh, um, looking at uh, so far, there's been um, over 7,000 referrals made based on for the people who have um, visited the other two sites up until the end of October. So when you talk about uh, seeking other services or referrals, mm-hmm. are you talking or does that include um, being referred to someone who can help them kick the habit? Uh, it, it it might um, at Bull Macaulay Health Center here. Um, we have um, uh, practitioners who can um, prescribe um, opioid agonist uh, therapies here. So if somebody expresses a desire for you know to um, uh, for Suboxone or something like that, they can be uh, we can help them with that. Um, but it also may be um, that they're having issues around their housing. They may have other health. Um, issues, you know, that they, you know, maybe that the wound that they are concerned about is quite badly infected. They need ongoing treatment. Um, we have dental care here. We have, um, you know, social workers. Maybe it's ID that they need. Um, to, you know, is there issues around their income support? All kinds of things. Um, and each, uh, you know, at, at George Spady, they have uh, detox there. They have addiction, a uh, number of addiction, uh, different addiction services. Boyle Street has housing services and you know all all different kinds of things so i think basically um the response is just what what is it that the person needs and what are they um looking for assistance with? You, you know the question it's it's probably a stupid question but i just it's i can't get it out of my mind and i want to ask you so the substances that they're injecting are illegal right right so how is it that i mean is there a is there some not loophole? Is there some you know caveat that police do not come to these sites? Each of our sites applied for and received a federal exemption from Health Canada to provide this service. So um, that's uh, so the the staff who work here and the people who come here for this service are all exempted from prostitution in this area. So that's that's what. Um, that's what the federal exemption is about, and that's provided by Health Canada, and it's very specific, and um, uh, we have great accountability around um, who staffs, how many staff, um, all of those sorts of things. Even the layout, um, we had to have, once the sites were all um, constructed, then Health Canada came and inspected them, and there was very specific uh, requirements for what the service looked like, how it's staffed, all of those sorts of things. Cecilia, give us an idea when you talk about, and I know that, in, and you've been upfront about it, that there are, are overdoses that happen at the sites. What happens in a case like that, and how many have been reversed? Um, up till the end of October, there's been um, 228 reversed, and... Um, the, I mean, I, the, the advantage is, is that when somebody overdoses, you have trained staff on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they respond immediately and um, um, so far um, all of them have been successful reversals um, you know so mm-hmm. they get care immediately rather than you know being alone on the street someplace or you know all of those sorts of things so the response is immediate I, I just wanted before we let you go cycle back Sure. Because I think most people who don't live in your world, and, and I don't, would like to think that these safe injection sites, they, we understand that it serves the purpose that you mentioned earlier of getting them into one area, that it's more, it's safer for them, but it's safer for us as well. We're not finding needles in parks and playgrounds and that sort of thing. But I think the average person wants to feel that you're helping them get off drugs i mean do you, you you mentioned keeping a lot of statistics do you keep any statistics on that or is that even really a priority for you well uh, to me this is a uh, harm reduction service but um I, I think the strength of harm reduction is um i think petra schultz the the mother of uh, a person who who died of an overdose talks about that you know it you're keeping somebody alive so that they can make a different choice another day so um uh, i think that oftentimes there's a misunderstanding or a belief that when we talk harm reduction that that is exclusive of opera uh, you know offering people choices and opportunities for change and and to make uh, you know decisions in other ways but um i i think that that's the strength of this kind of a setting is that it's integrated into other services you have social workers you have people who understand about addictions there's opportunity and access to um, get um, substance use treatment but um, I think first and foremost as you know as we're seeing sadly with this opioid crisis that um, there's there's no change for people who you know aren't alive the next morning so I think that that it's um, uh, as we know, substance use and substance, you know, addictions are very complex. It's not something that um, people make a decision and it changes overnight, but um, through support and um, access and encouragement and all of those things, you know, people, you know, may, may choose to seek um, help. Cecilia Blasetti joining us this afternoon, the executive director over at the Boyle Macaulay Health Centre. Thanks for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for your interest. Shout out to, uh, I believe, an Edmontonian, but uh, he plays for uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. John Gott, <laughs> best celebration of the touchdown ever. He's an offensive lineman. I was watching the game at the bend while uh, throwing some darts, and I, I watched him chug that beer, crush the can on his helmet, and throw it to the uh, ground. He's not going to get fined by the Goes CFL. Goes over and snitches the beer and just throws yeah. it back. So yep. now, you know, the backstory is that's his girlfriend who uh, was holding yeah, it, yep. and he says it was just water and that you are allowed to use props during a celebration. So whatever, it's gone viral. It's hilarious. I'm willing to stick to the story that it wasn't a real beer because it sure foamed up like one. But mm-hmm. uh, I just thought that was the greatest. I, I really, you know, I know a lot of people want to get rid of uh, the sellies, but I don't. I And that one was 
fabulous. Fun to watch. Uh, fun to watch. And uh, a shout out to everyone uh, who did go to the Edmonton Eskimos mm-hmm. uh, final game on the weekend. $60,000 in uh, both toys and cash donations made to Santa's Anonymous. We so appreciate we that, that very much. And again, that campaign getting underway, as you saw on the weekend, and uh, heavy duty for the next uh, six weeks or so. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more on 630 Ched, your three o'clock news coming up. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.